Are you ready to be inspired, challenged, and strengthened in your faith walk? Are you ready to get breakthrough from those old cycles and thought patterns that you just can't seem to get freedom from? Then you've come to the right place. You are going to get freedom, you are going to get breakthrough, and you are going to get healing because that's the life that Jesus paid for. This podcast is not just talk. We're going to live it. I want to personally welcome you to my little podcast corner. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so excited for what God's going to do through our time together today. Whether you're driving in traffic to work, out on a morning run, or sipping your coffee in a comfy chair, let's get our hearts ready for today's word. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited to dive in with what the Holy Spirit put on my heart. He woke me up this morning with this very familiar phrase that I actually wrote down in my personal journal about 13 years ago, but it's something that I have implemented in my life over and over again. It has really led me to experience so much breakthrough in my life, and it's something that's also helped me as I come alongside of my coaching clients, people I've mentored, even through casual conversation. And I believe it's going to set you free in so many ways. I'm really excited to share this with you. Here's the phrase that I woke up to this morning. Look back long enough to learn and grow. Do you have areas in your life where you feel stuck and you're just unable to get free? Maybe you have feelings of frustration and defeat, wondering why God hasn't shown up for you in that area. If you're saying yes, oh my gosh, that's me. Today's conversation is for you. And we're going to look at one of the ways that we can actually block ourselves from our own personal growth, spiritual maturity, and from that continual forward motion of life in the spirit. God wants us to experience freedom from patterns and behaviors in our lives. And while we do experience miracles and supernatural abilities through him, sometimes there are these areas where we don't feel like he's showing up, but he's actually waiting for us to face them and take responsibility so that we can invite his power into that place of struggle and move forward without repeating those negative cycles. Today, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this idea of looking back long enough to learn and grow. I know sometimes we hear it said, one shouldn't look back, leave the past in the past. And there's a time and a place for that. That is biblical. That's a biblical concept that I know we're going to talk about one day. But today, we're talking about evaluation. And I think sometimes we miss the value in evaluation by completely ignoring some underlying issues in our own hearts and minds that are blocking us from personal growth. There is a really big difference between getting stuck in the past because we're fixating on it versus reflecting and evaluating our life patterns that lead us to cycles that God doesn't want us in. Jesus paid for our victory and freedom. But there is an aspect of this where we have to take a proactive role in our personal lives. Back in 2009, I was forced to divorce my husband. He had a drug problem and kept going back to that cycle of numbing out to avoid responsibilities. It made him an increasingly angry person and he couldn't handle regular life. He would have spouts of rage that made our home unsafe. He couldn't be confronted without some sort of escalated behavior that would result in a hole in the wall or throwing something and breaking it, slamming the front door, peeling out of the driveway, and sometimes the result was him physically lashing out on me. This is just a brief snapshot of what me and my four kids were living. I took a brave step one day and filed a police report after he broke down a bedroom door to get to me and ripped the phone cord out of the wall while I was calling 911. 
I drove myself to the courthouse that day and found a woman who helped me get a restraining order, and from there I filed for divorce. Honestly, the season of life was incredibly overwhelming. Everything was coming to an end so fast, I didn't have time to think beyond what was in front of me. Through the divorce process, I learned some bits and pieces of information that were actually going on in his personal life. He was going to bars nightly to try to meet women, but he was also calling me regularly, telling me to stop the divorce um, because he was a changed person. That could have been a really confusing season in my life, but as I continued to pray and ask the Holy Spirit for guidance, and then the Holy Spirit just brought this added information that really helped confirm the steps that I was moving forward towards a divorce, and it was right because my husband was still living a double life. I'm thankful for those extra voices of warning that gave me some insight as to what he was actually doing in that season. I was able to stay focused in that forward motion and continued with the divorce. At one point, I actually learned that he met a young college graduate at a bar one night, and she was actually planning to move back to her home state because her dad was giving her practice, and my soon-to-be ex-husband was planning to move with her. Shortly after I learned that he was planning on moving out of state and wouldn't mention anything to me, um, it was one of his regularly scheduled supervised visitations because he was he was court ordered to supervise visitation, anger management and parenting classes. And he never did the anger management and parenting classes, which made me, you know, have to be even more concerned with good, safe boundaries. But anyway, so it was shortly after I had learned that he was planning on moving out of state. And like I said, he never mentioned anything to me. Now, fast forward He's at one of his supervised visits. I dropped the kids off at the park. I wasn't even gone for 15 minutes, and I got a phone call that he had completely went into a rage, lost it on our oldest, um, grabbed her arm, ripped her off of the slide. It was complete chaos. I had to race back to the park to go take care of four shaking kids, and that was the point in time where I did confront him, and I said, that I wasn't going to have a family member supervise his visits anymore because clearly he he couldn't practice self-control and that he would have to, from that point on moving forward, he would have to hire a professional supervisor. And he didn't like that very much, but it was the boundary that was already established through the courts and it was something that I had to stick with. He called me later that day to cuss me out, which honestly, it was not that abnormal. He told me I gave him no choice but to move out of California He usually found a way to blame me for his irresponsible decisions, and I don't even think it was a month later, he moved out of state. And no, he never mentioned why he was moving, that he had met somebody. He he did not disclose any of that information. He just blamed me and told me that I was the reason that he was leaving. Um... From that point on, he never made another attempt to utilize his visitation or go through the judge's recommendations to be a healthy person for his children. I'm not going to go into the other added information I received about his decision at that time, but the point being, within a few weeks of that blow-up, he left his fatherly responsibilities for very selfish reasons, abandoned his children, and I was left to pick up the pieces. Why am I sharing this story? What does this have to do with me looking back in my own life? Obviously, I had to get some serious heart healing from Jesus due to all that we lived. 
I discuss the vital importance of being honest with our heart hurts and taking time to bring each hurt to Jesus and the freedom that we experience as God meets us and heals us. I talk about that in my book, Life is Muddy. But today I want to talk about that season from a totally different perspective. I'm actually not sharing that part of my story with you to get sympathy. I'm sharing this one small corner of one of my life experiences to paint a picture for all of us today. At that time, we lived with my other mother, my ex-mother-in-law. She so graciously opened up her home to us while I pulled my life together. She's been in my life since I was 18 years old, and she has stood with me through so much. We have a really special and unique relationship. Anyway, one evening while my kids were piled together on the living room floor watching TV, I was sitting at the kitchen counter. Words of a renewed perspective on life began to pour from my heart and onto the pages of a blank journal. I know one day I'm going to publish those writings because they're powerful, but for today, I want to talk about that one line that I wrote down that evening that continued to be a major game changer in my life from that point on. Look back long enough to learn and grow. Like I already mentioned, I did need to heal from those nine years of really painful experiences, but because I was so used to looking and reflecting on my own personal life and really growing in spiritual maturity and breaking free of so many patterns and behaviors in my own life, this was very normal for me to sit down and realize that in order to fully move forward from this really overwhelming season, I had to do some honest self-reflecting. How did I get to this point in my life? What was in me that led me to make some decisions that weren't good ones? Was God actually leading me to marry him or was that me and my own desires and I didn't stop to ask the Lord? Why did I stay in that marriage so long even after he released me? I mean, seriously, it could have been very easy for me to put full blame on my ex-husband. He's the one who led our family to destruction with his poor choices and behaviors. That is the absolute truth and I'm not... I'm not sugarcoating any of his decisions by taking any responsibility for my own self. We are two totally separate people, obviously. (laughs) Um, And what he did and what he chose is something he has to own and face one day. For me, I had to face and own my choices. I knew that if I put the full emphasis on him, refusing to look at myself and never address the decisions that I made that I'm responsible for, I could wind up making poor decisions again. Blaming him and staying the victim of our outcome would actually keep me from growing. My personal growth and breakthrough depended on this vital step. I mean, let's be real. I was the one who married him. No one dragged me down the aisle that day, right? As I wrote those words, look back long enough to learn and grow. I began to reflect back to those months, weeks, and days leading up to our wedding date. Scenes began to flash in my mind of situations that arose that gave me very obvious warning signs that I didn't bring to the Lord. I shoved them away and I found myself moving forward with our wedding anyway. I had to go after my why with that decision to ignore that I had very clear warning signs that my soon-to-be husband was not a healthy person, nor was he ready for a lifelong commitment. What I found in me was a fear of what people would say or think. Honestly, I felt really embarrassed with the idea of canceling a wedding. 
So many people had rallied around me to plan a wedding within three short months before he got deployed for his next duty station in Japan, and I, I was supposed to go with him. I should have made prayerful and wise decisions, giving room for the Holy Spirit to speak into my concerns. But at that season of my life, insecurity and fear of what other people would think was my driving force. I want to back up for a minute and clarify a few things. While I did have to go after my why and grow in some areas that we're going to talk more about, I don't regret for one second my previous marriage. That gave me the greatest gifts I could ever know, my children. I wouldn't have the honor of raising them if it wasn't for that season in my life. This is the beauty of our God who works all things out and uses the worst situations to give us his best. Not only are my children a huge factor in why I don't have regret, but as I learned to surrender everything to him in greater depths during that marriage, I experienced firsthand how he uses the hard parts of our life for good and refinement. (laughs) God used that nightmare marriage to teach me so much. We're going to touch on a lot of these things together, but I want to make that very clear before we move forward today. I had to learn from my insecure and fear-driven choices, but I did not get stuck in regret. This is what I mean by looking back long enough, meaning don't stay there to learn and grow. We have to make sure that when we do these evaluations of ourselves and take personal responsibility, we don't allow a wrong thought pattern of regret or shame or self-condemnation to keep us stuck in our past. God's forgiveness, grace, and mercy meets us in our lives in incredible ways, and he even cleans up our messes when we turn to him. Like, the big ones, okay? It doesn't matter what mess you got yourself into, turn to God. His forgiveness is readily available, his grace and mercy is going to meet you, and he's going to help you clean it up. He's faithful to redeem and restore, even when the mess we're in is our own fault. He's so good like that. (laughs) You with me? Let's be careful of our evaluations and pay attention to those self-defeating thought patterns that don't serve any good purpose or help us move forward. Those patterns are another way that we stay stuck. Back to what I had to face. Fear of what others would think, letting people down, fear of missing God, and a boatload of insecurities were some of the discoveries that I learned about myself that I had to, I had to take ownership of. I left God out of the equation at that point in my life when I should have turned to him to hear what he had to say. Huge lesson learned. These were the major factors that were driving my decisions in life. Even as a believer who was all in for Jesus, I had to go after my hardwired thought patterns that were a complete opposite of faith and confidence. I actually applied this very same method of taking time to self-reflect and discover what patterns were keeping me locked into weight gain and really bad eating habits years prior. In order to get breakthrough in that area, I had to identify why I was turning to the overindulgences of food. I had already tried to put new eating habits in place over and over, but I couldn't get a breakthrough in that area until I faced some things inside of me that were driving me back to that unhealthy pattern of living. I learned food was my go-to for comfort rather than God. I had to be honest with myself and realize that food was actually an idol. An idol is anything we put in place of God. (laughs) Yikes, right? Also, my lack of exercise. While I could come up with every excuse in the book that would appear legit, the underlying truth that I had to face, I was lazy and I didn't want to. I mean, if I wanted to, I would. But I didn't want to, so I didn't, and it was really hard to get myself to do it because I didn't want to. Does that make sense? (laughs) 
Underneath all of that, I had layers of self-hatred. The truth is, how can I take care of me the right way if I genuinely don't like me? I had to be brutally honest with myself before the Lord and learn how to call myself out and then invite him into those places to do a powerful work inside of me. I eventually got incredible breakthrough in this area, and it's been over 20 years that exercise and healthier eating habits have been a part of my daily routine. Even if I don't feel like it, my feelings no longer dictate what's best for me. My body is a temple of the living God, and I believe it's his desire for me to take good care of what he's entrusted me to. Too many excuses, wrong thought patterns, and feelings are costing us breakthroughs in life, and God doesn't want us to be bound in any area. He wants more for us. How can we learn, grow, and get breakthrough if we don't take the time to look and recognize some of our own cycles that we find ourselves in? If we don't begin to take personal responsibility for where we end up in life, we stay stuck. Skipping this vital step will keep us bound to cycles and patterns that block our forward motion, and it also limits God from moving powerfully in our lives because we're not taking the time to yield to him. We have to look at what our thought life is saying, what we're feeling, and why we're making the decisions we're making, and then bring it to the Lord for his help. We also don't need to be ashamed of these hard, honest evaluations of ourselves either. Remember, his love, forgiveness, and grace is right there to meet us. What I've learned over the last two decades of my life has positioned me to get continual breakthrough in every single area that the Holy Spirit highlights to me. Areas from procrastination to organization, creating healthier living habits to making faith-filled, confident decisions. Fear, insecurity, false comforts, and idols are no longer in between me and Jesus, nor are they woven into my decisions. I can actually hear the full lead of the Holy Spirit in each area of my life because I've learned to yield to his lead in all situations. And then with full confidence and faith in him, I walk forward regardless of what someone else may think or say. This has been a huge, huge, huge benefit in my life from business decisions, parenting decisions, how I manage my home, in my current marriage, course changes that I've had to make that make me seem absolutely crazy, and especially now in ministry. Think about it. If I didn't deal with my own personal fears and insecurities way back when, that would cloud my ability to lead this ministry that God has called me to. I would possibly shy back in certain areas, withhold certain messages that God lays on my heart in fear of how people would respond. Honestly, I have watched, witnessed, and even had conversations with many ministry leaders who have not dealt with their fears. And fear is driving their decisions in their ministry, not the Holy Spirit. You guys, we got to deal with our stuff. Taking that time to reflect back is one of the major factors in becoming a healthy, healed, and spiritually strong woman of God. I've learned how to lean into the Holy Spirit for wisdom and then walk confidently in what he's saying, period. This is God's desire for all of us. There are so many different underlying motives that can interfere with our ability to make a spirit-led decision, and we need to become aware of them. There's selfishness, greed, fear, worry, insecurity, control, pride, jealousy, maybe even loneliness. Name the source of your why. Those are the weeds that need to be uprooted in your life that's choking out your spiritual growth and your personal breakthrough. I've had to visit all of these thought patterns myself. I actually still do. I, I'm not done. I'm still in a process. I'm constantly checking my motives to make sure I'm coming from a pure God-honoring heart. This is how we take a proactive role in our lives with a willingness to take an honest evaluation of what's truly driving our decisions. 
we have a huge part to play in our spiritual maturity and growth. Too many are passively hoping that God will show up and then discourage when they remain unchanged or their situation turns out bad. Proverbs 3, 6 says, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. We have to seek him in everything, not some things, in all our ways, and then he will show us which path to take in all situations at all times. Then we have to be the ones to actively choose to walk that path out. God doesn't just magically do it all for us. He's waiting for us to give him everything, trust him, and then he'll help us. Psalm 37, 5 says, commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him, and he will help you. Those wrong thought patterns that are the driving forces behind our decisions should have absolutely no place in our lives as followers of Jesus and children of God. We need to become so aware of what junk is coming into the mix, clouding our focus, take some personal responsibility, and clear the way so we can hear God's lead in our lives. I'm challenging you today to do this in each area that the Holy Spirit highlights to you. I know that this conversation has stirred up some areas, and I know that the Holy Spirit is already speaking to you. Ask for God's wisdom to help you see what's behind the decisions that are keeping you from living that empowered life in the Spirit. He doesn't expect you to do this on your own. Jesus paid for direct access to our Heavenly Father, and His Spirit within you is your helper. Invite the Holy Spirit to move powerfully in you and through you until he is the only one who has permission to lead you in every area of your life. Look back long enough to learn and grow. Your breakthrough is waiting for you. Thank you for joining me today. I'm believing the Holy Spirit met you powerfully through this week's episode of Not Just Talk. Now for the real part. Let's take this conversation beyond talk and live it in our daily lives. Amen? Don't forget to check out my newly released book. I'm really excited. It's called Ripple Effect, a transformational journey into God's heart that will change you from the inside out. It's available now on your favorite online bookstore, Amazon, or you can order a signed copy direct through my website, jillianahonan.com. Also, did you know that we have a ministry app where you can receive direct notifications for everything we have going on beyond this weekly podcast? Just search Jillian Ahonan Ministries in your app store and download it for free. And please, I'd love to see your face on social media. Connect with me on my public Facebook page or on Instagram. I hang out there daily. Don't forget to subscribe and come back next week for another episode of Not Just Talk. Hugs and blessings, family.